and then we'll get into the word for today. <sighs> May the word, words of my lips and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Okay, last week I started, Pete, if the slides don't work, just yell at me and remind me that I need to press the arrow, not the bottom. Okay, PowerPoint, horrible, horrible, horrible thing. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, we uh, wanted to talk about church and wanted to talk about community and complexity and challenge last week. Uh, I uh, talked about community, we're going to review that for a bit this morning um, and I want us to get into uh, the complexities and leave it hanging and hopefully uh, get us all thinking about some questions there and uh, uh, hopefully um, we'll move on in a couple of weeks to uh, possibly over a couple of sessions to talk about what the challenge is for us uh, if church is what it seems to be. So, what we did, we looked at the uh, definitions of church, description of church, the dynamic of church, and uh, we came to understand that the dynamic of church expressed at its most simply, you get in John 13, verse 34, 35, where Jesus says, a new command I give you, that you love one another. You love one another as I have loved you. That, and it's one word, one another in the Greek, is uh, super interesting because of the hundred times it's used, 50 odd times it's used to uh, uh, focus on how we respond to one another. And uh, among those uh, one another things that we do is to show hospitality to, to greet, to accept, to encourage, to serve, to care for, to confess to, forgive, spur on, teach, comfort, live in harmony, be compassionate to, submit to, bear with, sing to, comfort, honour, build up, instruct, be patient with, forgive, support, be devoted to. If you... Uh, I don't want to write those down at the moment, and I can see that most of you, apart from Marion, don't need the time to write them down. Um, you can find them on the church app on latest, where I've uh, used somebody else's notes rather than mine because I thought theirs were uh, considerably better. Love one another. Love for one another is expressed in these ways. And fundamentally, I guess, that we can understand church as, whoops, um, as uh, uh, being uh, a place where we respond to one another. Now, we ended up last week talking about how are you giving and receiving? Because if 16 times we're told to love one another, if a total of 51 times that's described in various ways in the New Testament, you've got to say that that's probably quite important stuff. And it's not a case of shrugging it off and saying, well, yeah, okay, tell me something more interesting. Now, last time we uh, asked you what picture or object 
describes local church for you. And uh, I missed one off because I put them up on Sunday or Monday and I missed the building with a cross off the end. Did I miss anything else off or did, I, did we cover here uh, all the things that you said last time about what uh, describes church? Pretty much? May have summarised them a bit. Now, have a look at that again, and we've got uh, quite a turnover of people, as is inevitable, which is partly why I revise, uh, review stuff uh, fairly fully. Um, uh, what's, what other images uh, are there that we, uh, we could possibly have? Children. children, that we are children? Or that's, that's the image that children comes... Yeah. Okay, Children Park Church, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I've got to write these down and I so I can add to the list and make it really unreadable and small. Um, what else? Don't forget they can be met metaphorical images as well as uh, sort of snapshots. Anything else then? Leaders. Sorry? Leaders, like Leaders yeah. I suppose, yeah. Do you know, I remember talking to a uh, guy in a fraternal of uh, one denomination which will remain nameless, and he said that his supervisor... Yeah, hang on for a moment, come back to that. Yeah, uh, just let me finish this one off. And talking about leaders, he said, he said he was told by his supervisor when he became a minister uh, that what he should do is to find what... Uh, what the church was intended to do anyway and then stand in front of them, uh, which is a very strange way of leading. <laughs> lead, lead. uh, Sasha, what was yours? Uh, God. God. The, uh, the image of God. Yeah, yeah. okay. What else? Got anything else? Just take a couple more. Yeah. Comforting because it says the God of the Lord is Yeah, Hospital, yeah. Now, one of the things I did in the week, I tried to rack my memory uh, for the title of a book uh, that uh, had been referenced, and it was written uh, apparently in 1960 by a guy from Harvard, and it's still a standard on church, what they, uh, the long word for church, uh, how you do church is ecclesiology. And uh, this guy had uh, written a book on images of the church in the New Testament. And he had 96 images that he had discovered. And uh, I, was, I thought that was really interesting because I've been looking at those. And uh, uh, there's a PDF of the book now. Um, and so I've got it. Uh, and uh, I'd read his later book about images of the church in mission, um, which is rather shorter. But there are so many things that we can uh, say about church, and I wonder if we, we need to add some more. But let's go on to the other question we asked. Move. Right. And we said, what are the essential things that define local church? Okay, and we got these things, two or more gathered, presence of Jesus, death and resurrection of Christ, fellowship of the Spirit, prayer, 
worship, family, mission. Anything else? The word. Okay. So that's an image, isn't it? Welcome. Yeah. So we're starting there. But, guys, after we talked about what we talked about last week, how far is one another in definitional for church? How far is expressing our love for one another part of the definition of church? Okay? Now, by this will all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. It sounds to me as though that is pretty much there at the core. And I'm interested that when we started, and uh, it's just the way things are because we all do it, we actually used images of gathering and when we talked about definition, a lot of what we said initially, if you look at this, has got to do with what happens when we come together. There's other stuff there about beliefs uh, that, are imp uh, that are important. Um, but what I want to do is to push this idea of the fact that if it's church, it's one anothering. And I wonder whether if it's not one anothering, it's something other than church. That it might be a club or it might be a voluntary association, done sociology, it might be a secondary level uh, uh, organisation, but it isn't that essence. So that's where we press on here and I want to ask a bizarre question, it may seem bizarre, but I want, to, want you to spend about three, four minutes talking to one another and uh, uh, it presupposes, the form of the question is a yes or no, uh, but you'll know there's an implicit why as well, so I don't just want you to go yes or no, but here's the question. You know, this is an exceedingly irritating... <laughs> yes, with a question attached to it. Yeah? Is pizza night a meeting of the church? Okay. If so, why so? Talk it through, see if you can relate it back to the definitional stuff and the descriptive stuff that you did. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's get some, uh, some feed feedback. Let's... Uh, uh, did, did, were there people who came to the conclusion, no, it is not a meeting of the church or uh, that uh, it's very limited as a meeting of the church? Was there anybody in that position? Okay, we've got a case, uh, we've got a case here that we're looking at then in terms of our description, definition of church, pizza night as a meeting of the church. So what did you come up with? Let's... Uh, Let's start with the back row first, guys. Shout out if there were reasons and things and thoughts you had there. For new people, it's a good chance to meet and to get to know other people. Get to know other people. And it will spread out geographically and not in a village, so that's also helpful. 
actually just let you, it, it, it can go on the recording, can't it? So it's, uh, for new people, it's a real good opportunity to get to know other people. We're spread out um, and uh, uh, it, geographically, so it's a good opportunity there. Uh, it's also a good opportunity to get to know old people as well as new people. Um, it's get opportunity to get to know anybody, I guess. Anything else in that back row? It's about building relationship. It's uh, uh, is about strengthening the inner. There was a formula that we used for a while. It never really took hold, but uh, it it had some uh, utility with us. And that was that gathering is about strengthening the inner to reach the outer. Good good formula. It came from the uh, Singapore movement of uh, of small groups. Okay, rolling forward, one, uh, the, roo, uh, the uh, row in which uh, Karen is. Um, I'm saying that Karen because I am going to embarrass you slightly later on, but I'm just, just warning you. <laughs> I'm not going to get you to talk, I'm just going to talk about you. <laughs> so you spend the next 10 minutes worrying what I'm going to say. But was there any. <laughs> well, it's, it's not my fault, Carol told me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so what we got from your row? Well, the first thing that you like is that more people want to know that when you make their rules. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's an extension of uh, yeah. the primary one, but there is a use of it for uh, hope for building relationships. Yeah, building relationships, yeah. I, I always get the feeling that uh, drinks and desserts, which I prefer, is, uh, uh, it is, has got a wider spread because you're together for a longer period, uh, there's more movement around because you're uh, uh, picking food up and then go and sit around. And we've certainly had opportunities to pray for people in those environments, uh, pray one-on-one. -on -one. And of course, when you come together to... Uh, to um, pizza night, it's very rare that you don't go away uh, with images of people in your mind, to uh, people to pray with, people that you've heard stories of, um, and, and other things. Okay, rolling on to the front section now. Um, anything to add to that? We've talked really that it has a role in building relationships, okay? Anything else? And we've also said there's opportunities to... Yeah, it is possible to, uh, for lots of those things to be kind to one another, to sh share with one another, to realise that people have got burdens and to make arrangements to help people to pick those things up. In fact, um, yeah, Pizza Night is a gathering of the church. As we deal with complexity, we need to drive back over our definitions and say how far is our definition uh, driven by some sort of traditional um, cultural view out there of what the church is and how far is it driven by what we know and understand. Because 
we move on to just having a little clip of scripture and I would encourage you while we're talking about church thinking about church to have a little read particularly of the first 21 chapters you can go on to the last bit as well if you like of, of the book of Acts which is an exciting read and hopefully it um, brings you to a position where you're saying why not a guy I used to work with, a Swiss guy by the name of Paul Fete, um, he was um, a missionary uh, with the Moravians all way back soon after the, the Second World War, I think. And he said, because he became a Bible translator later on, he said that uh, he began to teach and they got to Acts um, chapter 2 and they talked about uh, Acts 2.42 and where it goes on to them sharing one with one another and giving things to uh, people who were in need and making sure everybody was covered and they said uh, uh, pastor why don't we do this right and he managed to catch himself before he talked about all the reasons why it was impractical impossible and only fitted in the first century context yeah um, and uh, so he often used that as an example about uh, the importance of a naive approach to scripture. When you read descriptive scripture, try, try, try to say, what was it like for the first people who heard this and for the people who wrote it? Because if you don't look at it from their point of view, you are bound to get it wrong. We get it wrong most of the time anyway, but you are certainly going to get it wrong unless you started like these Tanzanian guys started and said, well, seems obvious. If this is what it says, this is how we should live. Okay, so nothing is particularly brain-stretching in, uh, in terms of our ideas around this, the issue is, does it challenge, uh, does it make the way we live more complex? Now, uh, I wanna, yeah, there's the next one. Here's my next question for you to discuss. And this is, does Dayspring, as an example of a local church, exist at 9.35 on Wednesday? It could be at 11.30 on Thursday. Um, but I didn't want to get caught up in some clever clog saying, yeah, of course it exists at nine o'clock because we're still doing morning prayer uh, <laughs> at that time. So I wanted to, uh, uh, to, to pick that up. So does Dayspring exist at 9.35 a.m. on Wednesday? Uh, and if so, what does it look like? Okay, guys, talk about that for a little while. Oh... Okay, so let's, ask, let's just change the, the premise of the question then to how does Dayspring exist at 9.35 on a Wednesday morning? Remind me to repeat what you say so it's on the uh, record so we can get it down. Go on, what's the screen? Yeah. 
And it, well, that's, that's an interesting issue. So we've got one person say, who says that gatheredness is a requirement for a definition of church. Steve, what do you want to say? And you got, and you probably we're probably not aware of how thinking has changed because of that um, recently. Um, I can remember it being a very hot issue when I was doing ecclesiology two thousand six two thousand eight, and uh, there would be really quite important dividing lines in lectures and seminars between those who said, yes, of course, digital church can exist. And uh, um, Reverend Dr. Phil Meadows, who could get quite steamed up about the fact that a face-to-face -face relationship was actually essential. Now, we're not going there, not going there. <laughs> but uh, uh, because I think uh, you can talk about church mystical as well, about the fact that we, uh, we are connected in any uh, in any case, but uh, any other comments on that? Yeah, um, but it, so is that church? That sounds to me like church prayer, the word of encouragement, sharing of needs, digital means, using photographs, using the prayer, overcoming the problem of the uh, analog village. Okay. Um, by the way, I've, I'm making a list of robotics and stuff to send to you by, uh, about uh, uh, the... Uh, um, uh, so we, we have all that stuff there. But if we are going to serve one another, let's, let's just try and go back. This is dangerous to try and do this, but let's do it. And see if we, yes, we got there. Whether I can go back to where I was up to is now the problem. But look, if you go through these things, which of these things actually require you being in the gathering to do? Well, yeah, but you have to, it, it, it's set up outside of that, isn't it? You know? And in fact, the, the context, you're right, but the context of that, of course, is uh, showing hospitality to strangers. Um, uh, but so show hospitality, no, uh, not that reference, show hospitality to one another, you agree. Greet one another, you have to be together to do that, but what about greeting people uh, during the week, phoning somebody up uh, and saying, how are you? You don't have to be on the phone for 20 minutes, they may feel it's a bit odd, but when they get used to it, the fact that you're really interested in how they are, accept one another, yeah? Even if they interrupt your important messages on WhatsApp by st sticking some stupid joke or a birthday greeting on the way through. <laughs> That's one of the problems with uh, the linearity of, of WhatsApp. Um, encourage one another. Most of these things you don't actually need a meeting for. You do need to meet people. You do need to be in touch with them. But you don't necessarily need face-to-face. -face. In fact, I think I've told you about this. Let's watch time now because uh, it's starting to go off piste. Um, but oof, 20 years ago, sometime in the 90s, it was when we went to King's, used to go to King's Park, uh, met a guy from a Nigerian diaspora church who was in South London 
and uh, his congregation was spread all over London. In fact, there's a church in Pioneer, uh, now in Woolwich, where at least, which is south of the river, um, and of course there'd be dragons, um, but uh, at least one of the leaders from there actually came from, lives in the street next to the one that we used to live in. So they travel from East London through Blackwell Tunnel um, and over to Woolwich to be part of their group. And uh, I remember this guy, I said to this guy, how do you manage to maintain fellowship, connection with people? I said, that of course is it. That is the challenge. It's one of the challenges we've come on to, to look at. He said, relationship without proximity. Okay. Now we've got people who come in minimum three quarters of an hour. Yeah, to, unless you're speeding. Um, the, uh, uh, to be with us. And we've got people we don't see here who come in from Box. We've got Steve who comes in from Malmesbury. That's quite a spread. And characteristically, most churches which are semi-rural, and we've got those characteristics, um, will have people travelling in from a long way. So the village churches, even that village church that Carol talked about last week with 11 people, I think she has said, check that with her, that most of the people don't actually come from the village where they meet. They come from uh, a wider spread. So most of this stuff implies that people are bumping into one another outside of, um, uh, outside of the, uh, uh, the gatherings. Now, okay, so you're talking about intentionality, being guided by the Spirit, actually believing that it is your place and that it's not you getting above yourself to encourage somebody else. And I think if we went round, you could probably all give me an example of a point in your life where you've wondered how X, who you don't know terribly well in the church, was doing, and you've thought, I can't really phone them up. They'll think I'm strange, or they'll think it's inappropriate there. So there's a cultural change that's part of the complexity, it's part of the challenge that we need to face. Um, okay, I want to then come on just to a bit of Bible here. So, um, early part of the New Testament, they were having the word had come that you'll be my witnesses, first of all in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, and then to the utmost parts of the world. Okay, that had happened. And by Acts chapter 6, which must have been months or possibly a year or two, um, they were still pretty much Jerusalem-focused. Okay? Some people who had heard the word had obviously gone because some people ended up in Ethiopia and other parts of Africa and were spreading the message. But um, uh, there they were. And then... Uh, somebody called Saul um, really um, got himself in a state over uh, the, uh, uh, the people of the way and started putting them in prison and uh, killing them and so on. And uh, Stephen was stoned to death. 
and it says a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Now, this is just a simple reading of this text and it is uh, very important in thinking about church and that is that there are two modes of church. One is the church gathered, the other is the church scattered. Okay, and that's really what we're talking about, is how does scattered church carry on? We're scattered during the week, and I think we, I'm not worried about everybody else, because I think other churches may do just as bad a job as we do, we have never really done a brilliant job in understanding that church is still going on, that kingdom work is still going on um, during the whole of life, all of the time. So, how do we understand that Annabelle is part of church being a mum and with the people that she mixes and that she's facing things where we may need to pray for her, may need to encourage her? It's more easy for us to think in turn, think of those who are teachers or involved in the caring professions to think about their jobs. But have you, have you found this, that as you start to talk in detail to people about their jobs and what they do during the day, you begin to realise that they're agents of the kingdom in that situation, that they need to be supported and they need to be prayed for, and you can really pull the rug out under them, right? By saying, Father, I pray for Theo this week, that you will come by your spirit and that in his interaction with the people he works with, you will lead him into experiences that he's never had before. Give him dreams and visions for people in his work environment. That really muck his week up. Yeah. Yeah. Give him words for people. And for Claude, I pray that his new friends at work may be people who will make him a better guy and that he will come across people who, uh, um, who need his help. I remember we had uh, one of the guys in the early days was on the leadership team of the church and he was a very fast uh, rising um, a guy. I think he ended up at Johnson & Johnson. But his name was James Amwar and he was the most gracious guy imagine fantastically urbane. He was bound for the main board. Those of us who knew him knew this. But you know, he was capable, because he was so polite, of sitting next to somebody while they were driving along and saying to them, you know, it's really strange. Sometimes I feel that God uh, gives me things, tells me things that might be helpful to other people. And I just wonder whether it would help you to know this and whether I could pray for you. Now, if that's going to happen in our lives, I suggest that we need the force of the church, the mobilisation of the church, the motivation of the church behind us so that we are praying for one another, so that we're saying that Steve at work this week just 
that some, he might be able to communicate the grace of God, the love of God, by being really gentle and nice to somebody who just does not get maths. Yeah? Um, because I think of the fact that if I'd have existed in a world where people were pleasant to uh, uh, people who didn't get maths rather than writing on the bottom of their homework, why waste time giving in this, um, uh, that, that there might have been something uh, that I could have received there. And, of course, that can be multiplied out in whatever your environment you're in, even in an environment like Nigel's, where if he told us what he did, he would have to kill us um, uh, as straight afterwards, that the Spirit of God um, does his work through church people acting as kingdom. Now, I've got to finish. I wanted to finish with an extended reading, but won't do that at the moment. Guys, among the images that we had, we didn't seem to come up with the images of a tree. Right? We didn't seem to come up with the images of a body. Now, one of the most powerful and extensive images of the church in the New Testament is that of a body. You get it in Romans, which we quoted uh, last week. For each of us is one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So we in Christ, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Definition of church at the biggest level, definition of church at the smallest level, which provides an alternative to the idea of gathered church, because otherwise you've got this gruesome picture of all the body parts exploding and then coming back together and exploding and then coming back together. No, the connection remains. And so it's in Romans, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the joints being supplied. And if you wanted the ultimate picture of complexity for the first century intellectual, the idea of a body where as they began to engage in anatomy um, and, and, and looking at, at bodies, they would have realised it's just got more and more complex as you went through. That there were structures, that there were connections that were there. So you get that in 1 Corinthians. You get in Ephesians, talks about the relationship of the head to body. In Colossians, it talks about the relationship to the head, of, head to the body. And the fact, yeah, we see God, but we see the people of God connected. So, we talked about community last week. We're ending up, this time, talking about complexity. And uh, Steve, actually, I've got a good mind to say to Steve, well, you talk about how it's complex, as you've got a speaking slot coming up. <laughs> you talk about how this complexity works out, how it works out for us without the potential of digital connections, but with real connections, with the fact that as it, it's all right having your phone and being able to message people, but it requires that the Spirit of God is working within us, isn't it? That we're energised by the Spirit that is flowing from the head down through the body. And I think that's as good a place for us to finish and to pray for one another, to pray, come Holy Spirit this week, that we will love one another, not in word only, but in deed. Let's pray that we'll be connected.